I would not be planning a trip to a country that didn't have a very like robust medical system at the moment. Like I just don't think it's really fair to the people who live there, even if they're you know, hoping for some tourism dollars, I wouldn't go to a place that could easily be overwhelmed. You're listening to the Travel Horror Stories podcast, a show that listens to real stories from travel bloggers and travelers just like you. Then we unpack those stories to discuss safety tricks, prevention treats, horror hacks, and follow-up tactics. The goal is to turn travel nightmares into dreams of beaches, sunshine, and margaritas. This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto Bloggers Collective, a Facebook community for bloggers and content creators who are either from Toronto or currently living in Toronto and the surrounding area. It's a space to support colleagues in the industry with information as well as engaging with each other's content with regular meetups and sponsored events. If you're from the Toronto area and create content, visit the link in the show notes and join the group. Live from Rudderless Travel Studios in downtown Toronto, here's your host, Christopher Rudder. Ooh, fantastic. You're so professional. Thank I, you. I didn't even need to uh, say go. She just, she no, just like... No, I just hit the ground running like a racehorse. <laughs> That's fantastic. So the weather outside is absolutely beautiful. Uh, You know, it's sun, it's shining, it's fantastic. We are in a place right now where, uh, you know, the bars and the pat, well, the bars are still closed, but the patios are are starting to open up. And it's beautiful to see people sitting outside for once. I mean, I live in the entertainment district and it has been like tumbleweed blowing down streets around here. It's been unsettling 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 <laughs> unsettling <laughs> it's been eerie and <laughs> it's been eerie and freaky to see uh you know how quiet the city can be especially since it's the place where all the action happens this is where our uh, sports teams are uh, the raptors and the blue jays and the toronto maple leafs this is where all the theaters are this is where all the clubs are and the bars and the lounges and and when everything shut down it, it just went dark and all that's a la covid-19 so thank you very much this is episode 8 This is week eight. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And we have a great episode uh, for you today uh, on the show. They're two of my favorite people. One of them I work with all the time. The other one I've been recently introduced to because of uh, their podcast. And they are fantastic. I absolutely love their podcast. And having them on this show... I'm going to warn you now that we are going to go into so many tangents, you're not even going to know what to do. Uh, So you've been warned. Uh, But that said, my travel blog, it's called Rudderless, and it's to be expected, I guess. But I promise you, we will get to the meat and potatoes of this show, which is going to be all about anxiety and travel, and for extra fun, anxiety plus travel plus COVID-19. Yes. 
Uh, but before I introduce our guests, I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show over at TravelHorrorStoriesPodcast.com. And if you're listening on a mobile device, please subscribe, review, and, you know, tell me what you think about this show. Uh, I'd love to use your feedback moving forward. And, you know, it'll help more people find this show. Let's introduce my guests. Uh, so in the rudderless ship, we have Allison Green and Christopher James Mitchell. How are you guys doing? I'm all right. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. So Do um, I get to answer, Chris? Oh, oh right. I forgot about you. Do I? Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Chops um, over here. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just the extra parts over here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I... I um, I've been lucky enough to be on the show before, and um, and uh, I know Chris pretty darn well. So I'm happy to be in this virtual room with two people I like quite a bit. Fantastic, great answer. Uh, yeah, and um, because you brought that up, so uh, thanks to COVID nineteen, I had to rejig all my episodes. So Chris's episode comes like down in season two now. So uh, you'll hear from him again later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, it's weird that we're kind of talking like I've been on this show before, but it's like, but the show only has like seven episodes. <laughs> <that possible? laughs> like, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so, uh, Allison, tell me a little bit about your blog and uh, what you do. I know that you're in, in Bulgaria, Sophia, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're uh, hanging out with us because you're like what seven hours ahead or something like that. Yeah, it's nine thirty where I'm at, so which oh, is damn. fine because I don't I don't sleep, so you know no difference <laughs> to me. It's basically <laughs> noon. This is an Allison noon anyway. So um, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm currently based in Sofia, Bulgaria. I run far too many websites that is appropriate for someone with my attention span. Um, but the main ones would be Eternal Arrival, where I blog just about sort of like global travel, doesn't really have a specific niche. Um, and then I have Sophia Adventures, which focuses on travel in Bulgaria and the Balkans. Um, I also have a very neglected food blog called The Passport Kitchen, which will hopefully be getting some love this month. I run a podcast with Chris called I'm Anxious About. And good God, I think that's it. I think that I've stopped myself from doing anything more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's difficult to kind of keep on top of all these projects. Um, and speaking of all these projects, Chris, like mm. I think he has like 30 things going on at one time. <laughs> yeah, 29. But no, um, yeah, I've got a few things going on. So um, I guess I'll list a few of them. Um, I've got Traveling Mitch is my main site with uh, 1L. And I have kind of a brand around that on social and all that good stuff. Um, Ultimate Ontario is a website about Ontario travel. I run a blogging newsletter called This Week in Blogging. Um, I have a podcast on Rick Steves Europe episodes and like little mini episodes on travel advice called Rick Steves Over Brunch. I run a podcast with Allison, which has been a lot of fun so far. We just kind of launched it and got it off the ground, and we're, we're doing pretty well with it so far, called I'm Anxious About. And uh, obviously, if folks like to talk about anxiety tinged with just a whisper of travel, I'm Anxious About is, <laughs> is your podcast. Not ahead of this podcast, though, just equally these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> and, to, and to be honest with you, for me, um, I'm anxious about, I don't know what it is about that podcast. I don't know if it's just the raw realness of it, but it's like becoming one of my favorite podcasts. Like I've been listening to every uh, episode and, and, and it's a fantastic, it's a really good show, to be honest. Um, right from the intro music. I love that intro music. I love how candid you guys are and talking about these things. And it's a great perspective because I look at a lot of this stuff and I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't really bother me. That wouldn't really bother me either. And then sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, it's, 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 such a, it's such a great show, guys. So, I mean, congratulations on that. It's, it's absolutely a blast to listen to. Thank, Thank you. you. It's really great to hear your feedback, especially as someone who sounds like you don't really suffer so much from anxiety. It's nice to hear that we're still listenable to someone who, <laughs> you know, isn't constantly in their own head like we are. So it's nice to know that we're not completely alienating non-anxious listeners either. <laughs> Indeed. For me, it, it just it makes me think a little bit more about those things that don't bother me might bother somebody else. You know, Right. And I was also going to say for people who don't know, because I didn't mention it before, but uh, you and I, Chris, work together very closely and very frequently uh, as co-founders of the Toronto Bloggers Collective. And so it, I know that you were mentioning that uh, it's kind of interesting to get a behind-the-scenes look at how my brain functions. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have this, you have this uh, you've known for a long time my actions, but now you get to figure out the why. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what and honestly it's making me love the guy even more so now i'm well, just more you. like like now if chris goes off on a tangent I'm like let him go <laughs> <laughs> it's okay he will come back just let him go it's okay fly fly young one was <laughs> looking at me is he still talking like yes it's his thing let him do it it's okay <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna bring it all together with an elaborately constructed metaphor mm-hmm. and then he's gonna reel it in afterwards that's just yeah. how he goes i'm still working on his constant optimism but that's another project yeah <laughs> i don't think i don't know i used to think that you know that was just like a canadian way of life but i mean do you not suffer from the same optimism affliction as chris as a as a fellow canadian Absolutely not, but but it, but you know what? I have to admit, it rubs off on you. It really does, and in in a good way. So, um, yeah, you know, we need we need we definitely need somebody like that. Uh, you know, well, thanks. <laughs> it all can't be dark holes, and and we need to have some kind of light with some roses and sunshine every now and then. It's not not a bad thing, really. And on that note, let's talk about travel horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay on bread. (laughs) All right. So I wanted to do something. I want to start the show in a way that you guys always start your show, which I thought is fantastic. And you guys always start your show by checking in with each other. And I think that that is really cool. So I wanted to do that with you guys as well for my show. So on a scale of one to a plane burning into inferno, uh, obliterated, uh, how are you feeling today, Allison? Ooh, well, with that image, you put me at a nine because that's one of my biggest fears. I actually have a huge oh, fear no. of flying. Um, I think it's because I saw like a Final Destination movie once, like right before I flew. Bad choice. Oh, no. um, but, <laughs> um, you know, I'm doing like a six, mostly because I'm just dealing with some like back end technical issues. My site's been down like all day long and it's like, 
you know, in this current pandemic, every dollar matters. And so, uh, you know, I'm just sort of like, get the site fixed. And my host is not helping in any way, shape or form. So yeah, you know, just feeling a little bit annoyed because it's not something I can really change because I have no idea what's going on in my site. I just need to wait for people smarter than me to figure out what's going on. But it's very frustrating, especially because I'm paying for like a more expensive hosting plan right now. And I'm just like, Jesus, what a waste. So, you know, I just get very frustrated whenever I'm dealing with technical stuff. Like, I always compare it to that scene in Zoolander where they're trying to get the files out of the computer and they just start (laughs) smacking it. That's me trying to figure out anything technical ever. It just, like, quickly devolves into, like, shouting and beating the computer wildly. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene, by the way. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, and what about yourself, Chris? Uh yeah, I'm uh I mean that's yeah, again, that's one of my pretty heavy fears as well. So um I'll have to temper that. I'm definitely not that. Um <laughs> but uh I don't know, probably like a, a four or five. I'm uh I like did one of those classic things where I just um, I create a schedule for the day that's just never was possible, and then and then and then I get frustrated myself that it wasn't possible, and so it's 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 you know I, I it's the equivalent to giving someone a pair of old running shoes and being like now you're gonna run 712 kilometers tomorrow, or you should feel shame you know and and like I ran like a really good a hundred. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually had to pull up a little bit. So yeah, all joking aside, I'm just like, I'm juggling like 13 or 14 different things. As you heard from the beginning, got a lot of different projects on, but they like, for some reason, every project kind of had like a somewhat significant day today. Um, so, so a lot of things going on, but that's the nature of this. And, uh, it's uh, like, it's this strange thing where it's like, it's also the thing I love the most is the amount of things I'm doing. Um, but some <laughs> days it's the thing I hate the most. So, so there you are, but not so, not so good, not so bad. Um, I didn't make it the full 712 kilometers, but, uh, it was, I, I had a good run before recording today and then I'll just run myself ragged after. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> It was Breeze there to pick up all the pieces. Exactly. And Bree is Chris's wife. <laughs> uh, Allison, would you like to play a game? And the reason why I'm asking you is because, as we alluded to before, uh, Chris has already been on this show and he's already played this game. So uh, would you like to play the game instead? Yeah, let's go for it. We're going to play three stories, two truths and one lie. Uh, you're going to give me three stories. Two of them are going to be true. One of them is going to be a lie. And I'm going to try to guess which one is the lie. All right. I have to admit... Coming up with these made me a little bit anxious. I'm like, okay, they have to be like the Gosh. perfect stories. All right. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. So, story number one. I got held at the America Canada border for four hours for questioning because I forgot to throw out a joint in my purse. Story number two. I got bit by a stray cat in Ukraine and needed to get five rabies shots over the next month in three different countries all while traveling. And three, I accidentally made several appearances in a Nigerian DJ's music video while very drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Is it sad that I know the answer because we've been recording the podcast and I just got to know you so well? You can't cheat, Chris. Oh, I will not. I will not. (laughs) Um, Let's see. 
Well, I guess Chris can't play the game then because he would clearly he knows the answers. All right. So I well, actually, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm solo. actually. I'm not positive. I'm not positive. Ah. Okay. So, well, what do you think, Chris? I. I, I mean, Ooh. I'm feeling that the, the joint thing. I'm just. Uh, I don't know. Would you not have a seven-year record for something like that and not be able to fly again? I'm, I'm a, a white bit... girl. We can get away with quite a lot. Fair enough. <laughs> If it were me, however, yeah, um, different story. <laughs> that would be you, you wouldn't have a podcast right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I actually do have a story like that, but um, we'll save that for another show. Okay. Um, uh, what do you I, think? The night, the Nigerian DJ thing. I was just crying out. A, to I feel just, like that's a little too specific. You know, like yeah, that kind of has to be. Um, yeah, and I think I think I actually may know a bit of the answer. I'm not going to go in too hard on this actually because I don't want to sway your decision. I want you to get the full, the uh, the full decision on the weight of your shoulders here. But I will say that I, I don't know. I mean, the specificity on number three there. I mean, that would be hard to come up with on, just totally on your own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And and sometimes I realize on this show that the obvious one is usually the truth. Actually, <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm going to go with. Uh, the second story as a lie. Nope. Story number one was the true one. What? Story number one. Oh, sorry. Ugh. No, <laughs> sorry. Story number one was the lie. The lie. Yes. Yeah. Ah. I never got held for questioning. Did you have the joint in your purse, though? <laughs> no, no. That's all. That's all made up. It's like there's like a kernel of truth in it. Like once like a very like mall cop style border guard got very aggressive with me when re-entering into the u.s but i didn't have anything (laughs) on me um so i just sort of went with that and then just made it a little more so that's the one i was gonna say that's the one i was gonna say i was a lie because in one of our episodes allison mentioned how frustrated she got about traveling between the canadian and u.s border and got held up but i didn't but i didn't think it was for that particular uh misdemeanor or actually a heavy misdemeanor in canada like life-ending uh (laughs) fatal decision in the u.s yeah um, would not be good in new york with the rockefeller laws exactly yes but uh, that's what i was gonna say too yeah interesting i do remember you talking about that episode Tell us a little bit more about the DJ story. Okay. And then tell us a little bit more about the <laughs> yeah, second story. Sure. All right. So I actually didn't realize that I was very drunk. I didn't realize that I was in the mu- music video until a couple of days after when I saw the video on Facebook and was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but basically, um, <laughs> my friend's husband is from Zimbabwe. And so a couple times we've ended up going to African clubs in Sofia, which is just very strange vibe African club in Sofia, Bulgaria. Like just, you know, all around strange, like a bunch of old Bulgarian women and a bunch of, you know, different African immigrants. It's just not a, a scene you usually like find in the Balkans. <laughs> Um, but my friends were in town and we got very drunk, um, as evidenced by my cameos. And so there are people <laughs> like going around with like a, like a camera, but I thought they were just taking pictures most of the time. So like, I would just like kind of smile and like do like a pose or like something <laughs> like this, but then it all got cut into this music video. <laughs> there was like, there was like a point, I'm pretty sure I did some like really like, not quite gang signs, but like 
hand gestures adjacent to that, like, while being drunk, just, like, you know, some, like, more like the rocker hands, you know, just, like, the kind of, like, white girl dancing you do when you're going to nearly die the next morning, like, some, like, cowabunga fingers, I was just, it was a mess, so that exists somewhere on the internet, good luck trying to find it, Um, and then the stray cat story is true. I got bit by a stray cat, like, the first pretty much, like, day that I was in Ukraine. Because, like, I love animals, even stray animals. And this time it came back to bite me, quite literally. So I got bitten by a stray cat in Ukraine. And at first I was like, okay, like, not such a big deal, right? It's a cat, right? Like, dogs have rabies, not cats. Bats have rabies, not cats. Did some frantic Googling and then quickly realized, no. Any mammal can have rabies, and it's like, uh-huh. it's extremely <laughs> unlikely, but you might as well get the shots, because if you get the symptoms before you've gotten the shots, you die. So, yeah, exactly. um, like, 100% of the time. So, I was like, okay, even though it's, like, definitely, like, a less than 1% chance, like, I don't want to take a less than 1% chance of 100% death. Those aren't good odds for me. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I had to get rabies shots in Ukraine. Moldova, which was a trip. Like, Chisinau is not a place you want to go, like, get medical treatment. Not because the facilities weren't, weren't, like, adequate, but just because, like, the level of bureaucracy and the lack of English speaking was just, like, extremely confusing. Um, And then Portugal, which actually was the most annoying of the three countries to get shots in, even though I speak Portuguese and, like was would have theoretically been able to navigate the system there but they're just it was super bureaucratic and I like went during a nurse's strike and they didn't have like the shots available and it was a fun little stress bomb so yeah those two things happened and I didn't actually get held over weed at the America Canada border but I did get yelled at by a guy who took his job way too seriously for bringing an incredibly small backpack in with me and he was like what are you doing with that small backpack like don't you know people are trying to blow us up every single day yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know and I'm just like okay sir like well I have the backpack with me now do you want me to put it back on the bus or bring it in with me and he's like well 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 you have it now so just so just bring it in. I'm like, okay, so you want me to bring my potential bomb into the building? Okay, sure, sir. Whatever. Like, and then, yeah. So that was, like, the kernel of truth behind the lie. Because I feel like that's how you tell a more convincing lie, is you put, like, a little kernel of truth in it. Oh, I don't know what's scary, that you're way too good for that and have it uh, actually a whole plan around it about lying. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And was, did the guy show up on a Segway? Just curious. No, he was stationary. But I'm sure oh, if okay. he had to move. Because <laughs> you said mall cop, so I'm like. No, just like mall, mall, cop, mall cop energy, you know, just like someone who's like whose job actually really isn't super significant, but they feel like they're the most powerful person in the world because they have some security clearance. It was like one of those, like, you know, drunk on, drunk on power kind of, kind of (laughs) moments. No, but thank you for playing the game. That was absolutely fun. And you stomped me. Congratulations. It doesn't happen too often on this show. I'm really good at this game. Woo! Thank you. So for this for this 
episode, we're still kind of talking about COVID. I know that everyone is is sick to death of talking about COVID, but you know, um, let's talk about it anyways. So um, the the thing is with with COVID and traveling in general is that you know um, it causes people a lot of anxiety. And so when I thought about doing this show and when I thought about or this episode rather, and I and I thought about uh, returning back to travel because that's kind of what's floating around right now as airlines are starting to prepare. I thought it would be a good um, idea to bring you know the two people that I love the most that talk about anxiety. Uh, on my show so we can walk through some of the stages of anxiety through different um, you know aspects of trip planning and then how you what you guys do to kind of you know mitigate that and then hopefully that might help somebody else uh, who's who's traveling uh, and then you know just for extra fun you could throw COVID in the mix because it's there and it's real yeah and um, so so let's start right from the beginning um so what makes you guys anxious about uh booking flights like traveling in the beginning whether it's for fun or whether it's for work like what makes you guys anxious when it comes to preparing and planning and booking a trip um for me that's not the most anxious stage of it but i guess just sort of like being aware that like I'm operating with really finite time resources. And so just like wanting to pick a trip that counts, you know, like I don't want to, I want to do something and just also not overrunning myself and doing too much, but not scheduling it too loosely and like being bored at a certain point or like feeling like, oh, I spent way too much time here. I should have spent more time seeing this and that. But generally I try to plan a pretty uh languid itinerary i don't like to move from point a to point b because once i'm actually in the destination i really don't like moving around that much like a six-week trip where you visit like eight different countries i can't think of anything that makes me more anxious than that that just sounds like way too much too fast um so yeah you're not gonna like me because that's exactly how i travel but carry on (laughs) i mean i used to travel like that when um i had like a really finite amount of time to travel and then when i started freelancing and working for myself i could kind of take my 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 time and then i realized oh my god this is so much better for my anxiety like i can actually kind of get to know a place and because a lot of I don't like transitions between places I just Ah, find it stressful so Mm -hmm. um being able to have less transition time and more just like experiencing and relaxing time uh has made travel a lot less stressful for me but like before I mean I would definitely cram as much as possible into a trip just because I was working with like, um, I used to be a teacher, so I'd be working within like my school holidays pretty much. So I'd want to see as much as possible to like justify the plane ticket. But right. now I don't travel like that anymore just because I can. And I know that's a privilege a lot of people don't have to be able to be like, well, I'm going to spend a languid two weeks in Serbia because, you know, why not? Like people, you know, are like, I'm going to go to the Balkans and I'm going to hit like 10 different countries because who knows if I'm coming back here. So, um, yeah, I definitely travel a lot more slowly to mitigate the anxiety and the travel planning. What about you, Chris? Let me turn that over to you. Yeah, 
I was just going to say that I think we're we're pretty solid hosts. Uh, we were definitely you can tell that Dallas and I are co-hosts because like for some reason I could tell in that moment of silence after Chris asked the question that Allison was ready to talk and just <laughs> didn't say anything, and then literally on cue Allison was like. Okay, you know, and I was like, okay, and then passed it over to me. So here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I'm going to add to that. I had a feeling that she was going to start. Well, there you go. The shows. We, we need to we need to form our own new podcast. Um, let's just keep adding work to the plate. I'm looking for Project 31. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> what happened to 30? You said you only had 29. Oh, that's true. Um, you're not supposed to listen so carefully. So That's what I do. How else can I make fun of you if I don't memorize everything you say is, to later weaponize against you? That's, this is true. Also very true. <laughs> um, Love your thinking. Yeah, exactly. We, the two of you. I'm, I'm in trouble. So I uh, – yeah, as far as what makes me anxious as about travel, it's quite interesting that for me travel is a bit of an escape actually from um, – like I can get sometimes get a little too – caught in uh i don't want to say my own like my own head necessarily but in in routine and i find that travel is actually um does does quite a good job of like breaking that routine or giving me something to look forward to and so in this for example like in a like a stretch where i have far too much going on and i feel literally like a professional juggler uh but one who makes mistakes in front of crowds then (laughs) i you know i actually really appreciate the opportunity to plan trips because not only do I find it like quite therapeutic, I'm like, I've been planning trips since I lived uh, or, or spent a period of time on my own when I was 16 in Ireland. And then, you know, I've lived on my own in places and I always found like that planning trips for me was actually pretty therapeutic because I could not only put down a date in stone that I could look forward to something, but also I think I like became pretty adept at figuring out what I liked. You know, I, I, I all, and then as you get like p- people who are, you know, fervent travelers here will probably take notice of the fact that the more you travel, the more you can protect your time. So at the beginning, I was actually anxious about seeing 74 museums in a day. And <laughs> so like, I'd wake up early, like eat a breakfast at the hostel um, which was like toast and far too much stale jam. And then like rush around and go to here and there and here and there and here and there. And you go to all these museums and then eventually you have to be like, wait, I don't even like yarn. Why am I going to the yarn museum? <laughs> you know, it's like, and and as, and like, so like, I think uh, as you become more experienced with travel, kind of like what Allison said was she noticed something about herself with travel where it was like, okay, so I've been traveling for a while. What makes me anxious is transition. So I'm, I have the luxury to, to afford myself the opportunity to not move places all the time. Whereas for me, it was like at the beginning, I had my lonely planet on a shoestring, like Bible um, that weighed, you know, an ungodly amount that I carried around in my bag with my laptop that also weighed an ungodly amount. And <laughs> And I was trying to hit everything and do everything. And, and you guys will both know I'm, I've been uh, blessed with uh, far too much energy. So that did work out. <laughs> but I, I literally would wear out people I was traveling with. <laughs> you know, like I, I like I literally would like travel for a couple of days and then I'd be like, OK, well, I guess I got to go to a new hostel and find new people to wear out. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but because I and, and for me, it was like really like a morning till night thing. Like I would wake up early do all the things go to 12 museums eat at a couple of restaurants and then i would go out until whoever like whenever in the morning you know to the point where i think people at the hostel were like are you like do you sleep is that something you do (laughs) Um, and so all, all that to say 
now that I know exactly what kind of travel suits me, I really don't find it terribly anxious. The process of traveling, which we can get into a little bit later, like some of the flights and connecting flights and stuff like that, like maybe not as fun. Um, and I'm also the same with I get FOMO that I've made the right decision, but I'm, I'm getting better with that and, and just kind of embracing where I am. But yeah, there's a, there's, there's a tangent for you. Awesome. Fantastic. I was expecting it. (laughs) So let's throw COVID into the mix now when it comes from planning. So what do you think you guys are going to change with regards to how you plan your trips, uh, knowing that there's COVID here and COVID there? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, and how how are you going to change how you plan um, coming from an anxious perspective? Um, for me, I'm going to definitely look at like the data before planning a trip, um, and try to make sure that things seem like they're in control, um, in the situation, uh, in the destination that I'm thinking of going to. Um, for example, like in Bulgaria earlier this month, we had a really, really low number of cases. So I went to the Black Sea and that felt fine. But now like our cases are soaring again, we're having sort of a second peak, And um, now I wouldn't really want to travel so much around the country. So I guess just like, first of all, looking at the data. And second of all, um, considering the country's ability to respond in a way that is safe for both like me and the people who I might potentially encounter and or infect. So like, I would not be planning a trip to a country that didn't have a very like robust medical system at the moment. Like I just don't think it's really fair to the people who live there, even if they're, you know, hoping for some tourism dollars. I wouldn't go to a place that could easily be overwhelmed by COVID, even, you know, trying to do my best with all the preventive measures. And that's just something that I personally wouldn't be comfortable with. I wouldn't want to go anywhere where I would be like a burden on the healthcare system in an undue way that would like put other people out of receiving the care that they need. You know what I mean? I never thought about that. That's a very good point. Uh, wow. Interesting. And, and just quickly on the Balkans, cause my, uh, Gordana, she's, she's Serbian and half Croatian. Oh, cool. So, um, I've been, I've been around, like I've been to Serbia like 10 times and Croatia and, and those places. And yeah, just to add to your point, the numbers have been rising a lot just in the Balkans in general, yeah. that whole side. So yeah, you're yeah. right. It, it was chill but now it kind of went out right. of control again we kind of had almost like an inverse situation like while like italy uk spain a lot of like western european and more wealthy countries were having mm. a surge um we went into lockdown pretty early but we also opened up a little too early and like a little yeah. too fast and like without like any sense like they opened up things like nightclubs in sofia yeah. and it's That's just right. like I don't know. The problem is it it is a corrupt country. And so money talks. And who do you like? What what things do you think the mafia people who have quite a bit of pull in the government want open the nightclubs that they own? So I think there's a lot of decisions that are being made, not necessarily for public health, but maybe for other purposes. And that is one of the unfortunate things about living in a country that sort of in I don't want to say it's not it's not developed, but it's sort of in the process of modernizing and developing, and there's still quite a bit of work to be done. Um, mm-hmm. Because like the healthcare system is actually like 
quite good here. Every time I've gotten medical care here in Sofia, I've been quite happy with it. But um, there are lots of other institutions which are rather fragile here. And so I think a lot of the decisions they're making are not really super backed by science, but more pleasing certain interests that are owed. So it's a little unfortunate. Yeah, it sounds very much like the rest of the Eastern uh, Europe there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Chris, so what about yourself? How would you change how you plan with regards to COVID-19 then? So I think it, it as with Allison, it starts with making sure you're, do, you're doing your due diligence uh, in terms of research and, and data before, um, I think I, as a traveler, I, I was always, you know, I, I had enough of a baseline of knowledge about nations that I felt comfortable going and exploring and you know, letting things unfold as they may, you know, for example, eight months ago, if someone said, do you want to go to Chile? You know, I'd be like, yeah, I'm definitely like 100%. Let's go like Santiago, here I come, you know, and, and then I could figure it out when I got there. But I think now you need to look at the way a country is dealing with things. And I don't just mean, you know, number of cases and so on and so forth. But I think for anybody who has anxiety, the, a big issue can be uh, when you lack control. And so I think you need to think about if you're an anxious traveler or, you know, just somebody who has difficulties or, or you know, has a history of anxiety, you need to think about um, are you going to be what, what situations are you going to be OK with where you don't have that control? And that can be like, you know, maybe right certain certain nations which are have more of like a hard line sort of like dictatorial sort of thing going on, you know, they can change the policy while you're there and you can be toast, right? And and yeah. so how are you yeah. going to respond to that? So you need to make sure you understand the political implications of visiting different nations right now. Um, and the other thing I would say for anxious travelers just in general uh, in this time of COVID is just that um, – it can be really easy with anxiety to catastrophize and to make things blow them up into things that are larger than life. And I think this is probably one of the few circumstances where like some of that catastrophizing probably is, is real, you know, as far as understanding that this is a fairly serious time. And until, until the dust settles, um, you know, I don't think necessarily, unless you're really comfortable, you want to be traveling halfway across the, the globe until you, unless you know what you're doing. Of course, there are going to be some things which are a little bit, you know, different. Like, for example, I don't know if, if you, um, if your parents settled in New Zealand and you'd been based in Canada for a period of time, maybe it, it might be worthwhile to go over there with, they don't, aren't experiencing any COVID and go and travel there for three months. Like maybe that's your great opportunity. Um, but the other side of that is like, for, I'm personally just focused on traveling provincially right now. That's what I'm currently comfortable with. Um, and then I would also just say, just make sure you're checking in with yourself every day because things are changing. Um, yeah. So that's something to, to keep in mind. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So now I know that you guys did a whole episode about airports. So let's talk <laughs> about, <laughs> let's reiterate some of those things. Hopefully it won't make, you know, your day worse. Uh, but <laughs> what makes you anxious about, you know, getting to the airport, getting on planes and flying that whole piece? Um, I just feel like I've gotten in a habit of answering first, so I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, Ladies first. Sure. Um, so for me, my biggest fear is 
missing the plane and being late. So I am the kind of person who will leave for their flight three to four hours before their flight actually happens and then just sit at the airport bored out of their skull. But like, at least I'm there and spend way too much money on coffee and shitty food just because I'm like, okay, well, I'm here. Um, so that's one thing that I definitely struggle with is like, especially if it's an early morning flight, I will almost never sleep the night beforehand. I just can't. Oh, if I do start to drift off, I'll like wake up like, oh, I've missed the plane. And then I look at my phone and it's like, oh, it's 310 and you're not supposed to leave until like six or seven. And so, you went to sleep at three o'clock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say. Yeah. So um, it's never a good night's sleep before a flight. But also like even if I have like a late in the day flight, I don't really enjoy most of the day because I'm like, oh. I need to go. I need to go soon. I need to go, like, right away. So there's, like, a very small window in which going to the airport is less terrible. I find that if I book flights between, like, noon and 3 p.m., I'm less likely to freak out about them. But that's a very small window. And I'm usually working with budget airlines, so you don't necessarily get to pick the best time. Like, oh, okay, we're going to leave from the other side of the country at 4.96 in the morning. How does that sound? And I know 4.96 isn't a real time, just for the record. Um, but it just sounded more dramatic. Um, just in case. I hate traveling at 4.96. Yeah. I have like, to actually think about it for a second. That, and one thing that actually... Time. So in the U.S., we don't ever use, like, 24-hour time. And so whenever I print out something that has 24-hour time on the boarding pass, like, or, like, pre-check-in, I get super freaked out that I've done the math wrong, even though it's incredibly easy math, just subtract 12. Um, I, like, have to check it over and over and over and over again to remember that, like, 21 means 9 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, I just, but I have to check several, several times. Um, and then just, like, being in the airport... I get anxious that I'm not going to, like, go through security fast enough and people are going to get annoyed at me. I get anxious about the joints in my purse. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even smoke. um, (laughs) um, I was going to say, you wouldn't have to worry about it if I'm in the same line with you. (laughs) They'll be, like, wasting all their time on you and I'll just be, like... You know, running my pass. yeah, running my little uh, narco's moment over there. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that is one of my fears, and then just like connections. If I have a short connection, I always try to not book short connections, but sometimes it's inevitable. So those are probably my three central airport anxieties, and I have more for when I get on the plane. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get there in one second. Let's just hear Chris's first and we'll jump back to you. <laughs> yes, sure, sure. Um, also, just, just for the record, so everybody knows, our most popular episode on our podcast is our episode on I'm Anxious About Airports. Because so everyone hates it. airports. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just to say, can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. not? I mean, it makes sense. I think that episode alone has like a thousand downloads or something ridiculous. Uh, so, th- so there you go. So that's a good place to start. Um, th- and that's my subtle pitch for everyone listening <laughs> to this right now. If you want to start somewhere, go to start here or I mentioned about airports. Anyways. Um, before- Don't worry. There'll be a link in the show yeah, notes. It's okay. Thank you. No, I know you got my back. I know you got my back. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. So as far as for, for me, really, it's kind of the same thing is just that I, 
uh, I, I have this bizarre tendency to have like the most crystal clear, vivid dreams before I go to the airport, which involve like really mundane details that seem really real. Like me, like sometimes in a dream, I'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I've missed my flight. And then I'll wake up as a result of thinking I woke up and be like, oh my gosh, I missed my flight. And then it's just like this horrible triple meta moment where it all comes crashing down. And then I have the pleasure of looking over at my like politely sleeping wife who's just like in probably a very happy place that I wasn't in. So so I don't I, I don't really um I don't love uh sleeping the the like that that process especially of an early morning flight and i'll often like check the alarms on my phone until like they almost yep. blur into like they, they <laughs> almost become hieroglyphics because the <laughs> the numbers like don't even really make sense anymore i'm like i'm like it like you know 604 604 <laughs> and then like all, it just like spirals into like a strange chant and i'm in like like what uh, 604 and like it's an episode of goosebumps all of a sudden i don't know <laughs> and so this is it's but I, I actually don't mind the process of, of going to the airport and getting through security and stuff because I, uh, I like I actually value time that it could be conceivable that I wouldn't be working, and so like when I'm at home or at my desk, if I'm not working, I feel this like strange pang of like, why aren't you working, Chris? Lots of stuff to do, Mister Juggler, and, uh, and my like harassing inner voice. But um, but at the airport, I'm like I'm at the airport, and I and I usually um, I used to have auto messages on my email when I could legitimize it. I'd be like I'm off in like, you know somewhere not named Ontario, and so I actually really relished that because it was like the time when I I was literally sending out things that were like Don't bother me, I'm going somewhere. Um, <laughs> Now there's a snooty voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> actually, like usually on on our podcast, it's Allison that gets wild with the voices. But uh, today, I seem to be picking up some of the slack. I don't know what's going uh, on. I think I've done only like one voice. Have I even done one voice? I don't even think you've done a voice yet. Okay, is, I'll save that. You guys, okay. So you guys had a whole tangent about you guys doing different voices. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I always find myself accidentally slipping into, like, alternate voices and creating an alter ego for Chris Mm -hmm. or, like, someone else or for myself or just anyone. Everyone gets alter ego voices. They're fun. She gives me this, like, like I don't know, like, really heavy, like, Canadian lumberjack bro-y, like, yeah, oh, his, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, yeah, his Chad. Hey. Lumberjack yeah. Chad. Lumberjack Chad, yeah. Lumberjack Chad. <laughs> Which is, like, that is the exact opposite of what what Chris is like as a person. He's very, like, thoughtful and measured with his words, but I just like to tease him. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are hilarious. Okay, I feel that in the airport. Uh, and Chris, were you finished saying whatever you were saying? I feel like. Oh no, yeah that 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 was that that was the sum of it. Um, once I go far <laughs> enough off to the left, like you can just feel free to like just kind of bring me back over to the path. It's no problem. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, Don't get too forceful with it, though. I was mostly kidding. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, was, I was gonna use a cane, like the one that they used to get people off the stage. But uh, <laughs> come back with the group, Chris. <laughs> okay, so I feel that in the airport, it's gonna be pretty straightforward. They're gonna have hand sanitizer everywhere. They're gonna they're gonna have distant stickers on the floor. Uh, so I feel in the airport, you know, they're pro- probably going to have that under control. So 
let's move past that and let's go straight to the plane <laughs> where I would love to see how they're going to manage that with regards yeah. to hand sanitizer and cleaning and all that. So let's talk uh, about what are some of the anxieties you have with regards to being on a plane and flying and that whole thing, and then add COVID into that. So I already don't want to be on any plane almost ever. It's just like a necessary evil to get me to my destination. And I didn't <laughs> used to hate planes as much as I do, but I've started getting really freaked out by turbulence. Um, I wonder if Final Destination had anything to do with that. But um, but I already have anxiety, obviously. And it started coming to the point where I was having panic attacks when there would be turbulence. So that was really fun. And, um, yeah, I just don't like the... I don't mind other aspects of flying. It's really just, like, I don't mind, you know, sort of, like, the lack of control and just sitting on the plane and that sort of, like, aspect of it. Yeah, free wine is great. Um, I don't have many anxieties about anything other than the eminent fear of, um crashing and bursting into flames, as you so wonderfully put it in the (laughs) intro scale. Um, But yeah, that's my main fear is just like is the the turbulence because like even though logically I know turbulence won't take down the plane, I'm just like, but is the turbulence like because there's like an engine malfunction? Did a goose fly into the into the thing? Is there a rogue drone that just like got sucked into the engine and we're going down And yeah, it's just gotten worse ever since there. So then I'm going to now have to worry about COVID as well on the planes, which I'm really not looking forward to, um, to flying during COVID. I already had to fly, um, a little bit during COVID because I was returning home from Brazil and just, it was very anxiety inducing, um, having like, cause we couldn't find proper masks, um, at the time because it was right kind of in the beginning of the explosion of it on the news everywhere. So like everywhere had basically been cleaned out. So like I kind of felt like it was one of the worst times to be flying because like people hadn't really figured out how to supply themselves with like proper PPE and stuff. I think now it'll be a little better now that like the panic buying has settled down a little bit and you can actually access masks. But I just wore like, I just wore like this turtle, basically like, you know, it's like this headrest, but I just wore this weird, it almost looks like a neck brace. I just wore that like around my face, kind of like a balaclava. And, um, that was, that was my plain, plain couture, um, on my, uh, (laughs) returning from Brazil COVID flight. Um, And yeah, I'm not looking forward to flying during COVID. I feel like at some point it's inevitable. It depends how long this thing kind of um, drags on. But I have family in California. I haven't seen my mom in a year and a half. Um, We were just going to meet right before um, COVID started flaring up. We were going to meet in Brazil. And we had to cancel that, obviously. So I know at some point I'm going to need to go home and visit my family. And that might mean a long COVID-y flight. But I'm trying to see what happens, you know, next few months with cases, with vaccines, before making a decision on uh, on flying. But I'm trying to avoid it because um, I don't really have particularly need to fly. Um, so I probably don't think I'll be flying because with the, I mean, my anxiety is already through the roof about 
COVID in general, um, I have like a lot of health anxiety and think that like every slight warm temperature or cough or chill is my eminent doom. So I don't think I'm going to put myself in a situation where I will really convince myself that I had COVID. So, <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. And you know what? There's been stories about how like Delta Airlines or some of these other airlines uh, were creating seat plans that involve like skipping mm-hmm. seats to make it, you know, social distancing. And then I heard from someone who got on the plane and nope, the plane was fully packed. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So I don't know how they're going to do that, but yeah. Yeah, my flight was really packed on the way back from Brazil. A lot of people were trying to leave, um, kind of Mm. seeing the writing on the wall that Brazil was about to get a little bit crazy. And so it was a totally full flight um, from Brazil to Istanbul. And there was no social distancing whatsoever. And very few people had masks. I'm really lucky I didn't get COVID on the flight over. I actually thought I had it. When I got back from the trip because my anxiety was so high about it that I basically gave myself like COVID light and like had like all the fun, like chest pain, shortness of breath, thought I had a heart attack at one point. And um, turns out I never had COVID. I got an antibody test and I just have a very powerful mind that can manifest very strong illnesses. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I can't manifest um, good things like all those people who do vision <laughs> boards talk about. I just manifest like like deathly respiratory illnesses on myself. <laughs> Make it manifest money or something. I know, right? <laughs> wow. So um, is the question specifically around like flying, how, how I'm feeling about flying at the moment? or I, I Yeah. Yeah, cool. Flying in general and flying with COVID. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. anxious about you being on a plane? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, flying in general, I, I'm usually not so bad. I, I think probably like the rest of the world, I think uh, turbulence just is, is a little bit frightening, right? I mean, um, I, I never really enjoy being drawn to the fact that I'm in a tin can in the sky. Uh, you know, like it, it is somewhat alarming for the human mind to be like, I'm 30,000 feet up. Um, I have no control. Uh, human <laughs> beings are flawed, so the pilot's flawed. Uh, you know, so it's like a, it's, there's like all, all of these things going on, right? I mean, like I think when you're a kid, you're like pilots are the best. You know, like you just assume that they've p- passed their like human test and they're like they're perfect. Um, I mean, of course, I mean I'm I'm exaggerating. There, there are safeguards on planes, of course, to to make sure that there's a measure of control and, and things like that. But I, I do find turbulence anxiety inducing for, for sure. My like I, my hands get really sweaty and this kind of stuff. Just uh it's just a, a bit alarming. Um but for the most part I'm not so bad. If it's not turbulent, not a terribly turbulent flight, I'm totally fine. I don't mind being not connected and all that kind of stuff. Um flying with COVID, I mean we we did fly uh, we took a quick flight back from Mexico to Toronto during uh, uh, you know, a pretty heavy time for COVID. And we had to fly through the U.S. And that was still during a time when like pe- masks were still like this. I mean, we flew through Dallas, I think, right? So, um, I, you know, I, I don't think Texas is particularly well known for its response now. You can imagine what it was <laughs> in the middle of March. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's... Uh, it's a complicated issue um, just because of the lack of standardization. You know, uh, there's also some complicated stuff. Like I, I think there has to be some separation 
You know, I think everyone should be wearing masks, but people take their masks off to eat. Like my, from what I understand about COVID, like you, you probably don't want to be eating beside somebody, um, you know, who, who you don't know. And I don't know. I, I really don't have great answers for how the travel industry is going to move forward. My, my, uh, my, like what I keep coming back to is like some, some parts of the travel industry run on fairly small margins as it is. And, and so, you know, I worry like that are, are people going to try and make a last buck before they go bankrupt? Are people, you know, I, I don't know how much government's going to be able to step in. There's a lot, I have a lot of questions around it uh, for sure, but I will just say I can only really speak for myself. I, I won't be getting on a plane right now until I understand more about what airlines are doing that's effective to prevent against things. Um, you know, also you, you you probably know like, of course the air, uh, airplanes run with recycled air, right? So what what effect does that have? I I don't know. You know, I'm not a scientist, but but I also know if you have a limited air supply and someone's sick, does that you know what does that what does that mean for for the transfer of illnesses and things like that? From um, oh my gosh, you just, I didn't even thought about that. You just made it worse. From yeah, well, Allison might heard, be though, Yeah, from what I've heard though, that actually isn't um, the biggest isn't concern because they have these really strong HEPA filters that filter the air. So mm. every like two minutes, basically, I think the entire plane's oxygen is like recycled and filtered, oh, okay. and that was pre-COVID. So like the, but it would more be. Um, if somebody you was know things like um, droplet in- inhalation, if the person next to you dares talk to you on a plane, which should be illegal <laughs> in the best of times. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> but um, you're not though. You're not kidding at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I really don't like talking to strangers on planes for more than like one or two minutes. Like a brief, like hello, how are you doing? You know, yeah. Let we let's agree, let's agree not to talk. That's so great. We're agreeing not to talk. Okay, cool. Put the headphones in. Awesome. I don't like small talk. I'm really, I'm really shitty at it. Um, but anyway, um, but I think like if you're not taking off your mask a lot, if you are, if everyone around you is wearing a mask and not talking or doing things that produce a lot of like um, droplets and that can be airborne. I don't think the risk is super, super high for getting infected on a plane, but that's like provided everyone does exactly what they're supposed to do. And I think if there's anything COVID has taught us, it's that people are freaking morons and, um, are more concerned a lot of the time with their own perceived rights than the right of everyone else to not be infected by whatever nasty things they're carrying. Um, speaking to my fellow Americans here, who a lot of them can't get it together and just wear a freaking mask and just feel like they need to just spread, you know, their germs everywhere and they feel like there's something shameful about wearing a mask. I just, I don't know. I think that. In a perfect scenario, a plane can actually be a relatively safe environment, Um, certainly safer than like a bar where no one's going to be wearing masks, everyone's going to be talking and packed in. I think it actually can truly be safer because the air is filtered so quickly. But I do think that people's behavior is really going to be the critical variable. And I don't really trust people's behavior right now. And and airlines, right? Like like people yeah. have booked, people have booked flights with certain understandings, which have yeah. been changed as it suits the that's profit so model up. of yeah. airlines. So I think that's another thing too. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I I can only speak for myself in saying like, 
I would entertain an opportunity right now if I felt it was potentially safe um, from like a work perspective. But I, at the same time, too, it would have to. I'd, it, I'm just like we've been talking about all along. Like I'd have to do a lot more research into understanding what that all entailed. I had to fly back from Mexico to get back to Toronto to to get myself back here in quarantine. Um, and so that was like, it just, I just put up, we put on masks and we did our best. But I think, uh, if the opportunity presented itself now, it'd be something to think about. I don't know. I, I, I think probably just also out of respect for my like fellow human beings, like I, I probably am not going to put myself in positions, um, where I could potentially spread things or, you right. know, I, I don't know. I think that it, it's a very multifaceted and complicated issue. Um, but I, I do worry about, I'm not like, I, I'm not so confident that, you know, 280 human beings, there's not going to be 14 idiots. Right. Um, yeah. Agreed. You know. Yeah. Totally. 14 I totally is a very, you. very polite Canadian estimate. I know you're being very, <laughs> being very conservative. Yeah. Four, 14 in Canadians, but let's, when yeah. we convert that to Fahrenheit, that's like, you know, 80, let's is say. Is there countries that still use that Fahrenheit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The United States. I know I'm joking. Oh, um, okay. yeah. so, Sorry. Sometimes I I'm sometimes I really don't understand when people are joking, which is ridiculous because I joke literally all the time. But I'm very gullible. Well, Chris has a very uh, convincing not knowing tone, though, as well. Yeah, he like, does. He does. It's, it is like you. If I didn't know him, I would have been like, uh, Chris, uh, did your <laughs> did your brain collapse there? <laughs> Shut down. Yeah. Well, I I always yeah. very earnestly answer rhetorical questions. <laughs> All right, my bad. I apologize. No, no worries. Um, uh, but I wanted to say something though. Um, I mean, planes weren't really that clean to begin with, to no. be honest. So uh, I never yeah. used to be germaphobic before COVID, but now I feel like it's going to be hard for me to resume things. I feel like I'm always going to be the person who like washes their keys for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I think that's going to be the reality. Like yeah. I mean, uh, bring bring it's going to be bring your own bleach. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, what do you guys do when you're experiencing that t- turbulence? What do you guys do to kind of calm yourself down? I'm usually not successfully able to calm myself down, but I will. Um, I will either just embrace the meltdown and just like let it happen and be like, whatever. I don't care if people see me melting down. Like it's fine. They will survive seeing a human being cry on a plane. Um, That's kind of like their issue, not mine. Um, My issue is getting through this. So I kind of have learned to just like if I need to cry in public, it's fine. I try not to like have anxiety about my meltdown if I'm having a meltdown um, because I'm just in my own head at that moment. Um, I try not to let it get there, obviously. So like I've. Yeah, I think um, honestly, there are times where you just are going to need to kind of let it out in public. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that like living in New York City taught me is like crying on the subway there is like a rite of passage. Once you've cried on the subway, (laughs) you're a real New Yorker. So like I just kind of learned to just like have my feelings in public and it's fine. You know, like whatever. People cry. Um, And then but I do try to do some like deep breathing and meditation sort of stuff and just tell myself that, um, you know, I try to tell myself when I'm having a panic attack that like this is my body's attempt to protect me and it's just going going wrong. 
like because a lot of like what a panic attack is basically is like your parasympathetic nerves um reacting to a threat with that flight or fight instinct but um the threat is overstated and so you can't actually really react and so then you're you're just filled with all these extra like hormones and cortisol and stuff. I probably butchered the explanation uh, of that. A, a neurologist would be like, well, actually. No, it actually makes sense. <laughs> but um, so you just kind of have to remember what I try to tell myself when I'm having like a panic attack or super severe anxiety is like, Allison, your body is trying to protect you. It's not doing a very good job, but you're not dying. You're not breaking down. This is just like a protection response gone wrong and everything is going to be okay. Like, you will start breathing normally in a little bit. Everything's going to be a little bit better. But I try to sort of preempt that with some, like, deep breathing and just try to focus on what I physically feel instead of what I'm thinking. Fantastic. I think that's great. And what about you, Chris? I know that you're heavily into meditation. Do you yeah. do a little bit of that when you get yeah, that's, on the plane? Or, yeah, that's exactly or it. Or do you yeah. lean into the beer and wine? No, I mean, well, that does help a little bit, actually. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think I always just try and keep it really simple. Um, I just for meditation, I know like the kind of the most simple thing you can do sometimes when uh the kind of one one trick in meditation is if your mind's being overwhelmed by thoughts, you bring it down to the most basic level, and that's sort of tracking your own breath intake. So you literally just breathe in and note in and breathe out and note out. And I feel like that's a great way to get all those other thoughts, which are clamoring to get attention about how you're going to perish, um, to just take a little bit of a, of a break. And so you just simply breathe in and out. And of course, sometimes like my hands get like clammy and I'm, you know, I, I get worried about this, that, and the other, but I also try to think on a macro level about my track record and my track record for surviving turbulence is pretty good um, <laughs> considering I'm still flying on planes, right? So I think that's also something to remember that um, it's, it's kind of like actually turbulence is kind of actually a perfect metaphor for anxiety because it can feel like that moment's going to last forever, but uh, it, 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 you know, in almost all cases it does pass. Um, I think so, in every case it does pass because you either crash and die or the plane lands. Yeah, well, I was like trying to be like I was trying to be I was trying to be like Canadian and you know just be polite to people who have perished in planes who might be listening up above. Um, you know, I've been I've been realizing that you're a very bad example of Canadians because I'm also Canadian. And I'm nothing like that at all. I, I don't know what's happening here. Well, I mean, I uh, this will be the most Canadian thing I say. I won't apologize for my kindness. Um, so with maple syrup on top. Exactly. Yeah. Which is nothing wrong with that either. But uh, what would you have said if you were like, what do you do with turbulence? It's like, honestly, I just like really like I mainline maple syrup. I just uh, <laughs> I just keep the sugar up and the tempo up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's not easy. Shania though. Twain. Exactly. A touch oh, of Shania. Um, yeah, I think it, it's really just about you got to figure out what your own strategies are. And they're also like I, th- I think it's also worth mentioning what Allison said sometimes um breathing in and out or for me like i turn up a podcast a little bit louder or 
whatever. Like Brie has her own strategies too. She looks out the window because she likes to see the way that the wings are actually like adjusting and 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 um, moving with turbulence. That would give me an instant aneurysm. Yeah. Oh, so no. I. <laughs> I keep my head down and breathe and like whatever. Um, But, uh, you know, at the same time too, like we just remember like it's going to pass and um, and it's just keeping that in mind. But I guess it's uh, for people who really do have struggle with that. um, It's also worth accepting that uh, sometimes it's just going to suck for a little bit and that's okay too. Like you're not meant to be, you know, you're not like, I'm personally not Clark Kent. I'm not Superman. Um, I'm just a friendly Canadian who enjoys podcasting and blogging and juggling. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Wow. Metaphorical juggling, though, of course. This segment is brought to you by GPS My City. Do you love exploring cities on foot at your own pace? Well, GPS My City's mobile apps, available on iOS and Android, feature self-guided city walks and GPS-powered travel articles written by travel bloggers and travel content creators for over 1,000 cities worldwide. Visit the link in the show notes to learn more. Finally, you got through the the whole turbulence of the flight. Somehow you got through listening to Shania Twain on the plane and um, <laughs> arriving at your destination. And uh, so now you're at your destination. So what gives you anxiety with regards to a new destination? And so that includes the hotel that in- or your accommodations. That includes like whatever you got to do, your tours, all that kind of stuff. Languages, food, smells, everything's different. So what makes it, what makes you anxious about all of that? I think I get a little anxious just like physically getting to the hotel because I travel in a lot of parts of the world where taxis aren't exactly straightforward and um, you always feel like you're getting ripped off a little bit. And so it's a matter of like, okay, how, how, how much ripped off am I comfortable with getting in order to get to my destination relatively easily? Um, and so like, there's a little bit of the stress of sort of like, am I being ripped off immediately upon like leaving? And, um, there's some stress about, you know, is my hotel going to be like super strange? Once I accidentally checked into what I'm pretty sure is a woman's shelter in Poland, um, it was a very, yeah, it was like. Uh, hostel advertised on Hostel World, but like there were literally families with children, and like it was very bizarre. And it was only women, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is a woman's shelter. But I had like a 21 bed dorm all to myself. It was the weirdest, weirdest experience ever. Um, so I'm a little worried about repeating that scenario because it was like also in like a <laughs> The Shining esque building, so it was like very alarming. Oh, no. I did not enjoy being there. Um, so just a little bit of worry about the whole process of like checking in and getting in to my spot and then sort of orienting myself. I don't stress too much about language because, um, usually I find language barriers aren't the biggest issue with traveling. You usually can get your point across with like a couple mutually known words if you know a little bit of the local language or if um, they know a little bit of English or there's just, you know, there's apps. I don't find that super stressful unless there's like some sort of like stressful process that needs to be done, like anything like medical or bureaucratic. That can always be a little stressful if you don't speak the same language. Um, right. But generally that isn't a huge problem for me. I don't have a particularly 
problem with like smells or food when I'm, you know, traveling. I'm usually pretty live and let live with um, just sort of experiencing what the country has to offer. I don't get super anxious about um, that part. But yeah, it's mostly just like sort of arriving and settling in. And then just like if I'm traveling alone, there's always a little bit of fear of just sort of like travel safety and stuff. Some Sometimes people can be kind of like ask too many questions and kind of give you a weird vibe. So I'm always kind of like, am I just being paranoid and thinks everyone wants to murder me or do you actually want to murder me? So there's always like a little bit of that going on in the background um, as well. But generally speaking, I'm usually pretty calm once I've reached the destination. It's more getting there. That's a little rough for me. Mm, fair enough. What about you, Chris? Um, thanks, both of you guys. Um, so I really, <clears throat> I'm pretty good around around that. I honestly get just like really excited when I land in new destinations. Um, it's like you're going to get a metaphor here. You know, it's just I, I often feel like when I land in a new place, there's just like a, I don't know. It's a blank page. I'm excited to see what's going to be written. And that gets me really excited. Um, and I also have this thing where I, I like, I really do think of the map as, as blanks of places I haven't been. And I do really appreciate the opportunity to fill those places in. So like for me, there's an exhilaration to land in a new place and to feel like, you know, I'm going to get to, to do that. Um, I don't love, you know, like the figuring out how to get into the city, cabs and so on and so forth, uh, you know, whatever that can be a little bit frustrating, but not terribly anxiety inducing for me. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure I have any strategies other than just like, I just kind of, um, I like, I, I let, at least for me, I just like let go of the assumption that this is very stoicism E, but like letting go of the assumption that things are going to go perfectly tends to help quite a bit. Like, I think it's, really damaging you know it, it can be really problematic to to go to a new place and and quietly you have your own sort of standards for how things should work in a place that has a whole different standards for how things do work so just give yourself to whatever's going on there uh, it'll probably be a memorable bus ride or memorable whatever depends on where you are um, and i guess the main thing for me is like ultimately as someone who loves travel writes about travel wants to experience travel like this is part of what i signed up for um, I didn't just sign up for the uh, beautiful city square. You know, I signed up for getting there and uh, maybe meeting someone along the way. I don't know. Yeah, but that's uh, that's my answer. It, it's for like for me. It's once I'm there, it's actually more relief for me than anything. Yeah, same. One quote that I read recently um, that I really liked and just Googled so I wouldn't butcher it is, uh, when you travel, remember that a foreign country is not designed to make you comfortable. It is designed to make its own people comfortable. So initially, when I first started traveling, I maybe would have been a little more frustrated about things not going the way I envisioned the ideal way for that scenario to unfold would be. And then I think just with more exposure, I just started to realize, you know, it's not about me. And this this is about me going somewhere else and experiencing how other people live and learning a little bit more about myself, learning a little bit more about the world and um, just sort of like having a little bit of an idea of 
what that place is like. And just, it's always really interesting to me. I always think about a place now, then after I've been there, about it like continuing to go on without me, which obviously like I know it does, but it's just like, it's interesting to think about all the places we've been are now going on as if we had never been there. And I think that's really cool and also really obvious, but I just like to think the fact that like right now in Saigon, the motorcycles are still doing their like insanely terrifying dance through traffic and like people are still doing the Shibuya crossing in Tokyo and people are still like packing on subways in Mexico City and just that all these like things are still happening. I really like that about about travel and getting to have been to a place and seen what it's like. You can just kind of imagine the whole world kind of continuing on. And that was a total tangent. Um, That has nothing to do with anxiety or travel. But basically, my point was initially that um, you have to accept a certain level of discomfort in order to get anything worthwhile from travel. And I've gotten better about accepting that over time, that there will be things that I don't like and make me a little bit uncomfortable, but It's not a flaw in the country. It's just a different an expectation of how something should work. You know, I'm glad you actually brought that up. And I really love that quote, actually. I think I'm going to just steal that from you. Do it. Um, and then well, you're actually you're actually stealing it from Clifton Fadiman. So bring it up with from him. him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'm not even going to ask. Him, but, uh, I don't but think you reason- need to ask someone to quote them. I think it's just a quote. But, yeah. No, but the reason why I love that is because that's it, what you're saying is exactly what people need to think about when they're traveling and whether they're anxious or not. Because I can't tell you how many times people expect North American values yeah. and North American rules and, and regulations and like the levels of all these things, they expect it to be the same as where you live. And it's just not right. But mm-hmm. then the ignorance sometimes is just unreal. Like, like yeah. when I say I'm going to Serbia, people are like, are you sure it's safe to go to <laughs> Serbia? I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? It's in Europe. No, but it's Serbia. I mean, I'm going to Serbia, not Syria. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Serbia is, yeah. it's in Europe, you moron. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's, but it's just the level of, of ignorance. And you cannot, you will be disappointed and you will not, I guarantee, enjoy your trip if you go there with these high expectations of where you come from. Because exactly. you will be disappointed, guaranteed, because where you're going, it's not going to be the same as where you and, are, and you know yeah. what? where you're coming from. Like, just to put that full circle, like, it wouldn't be worth traveling if it was the same. Yeah. Exactly. It would just be moving for the sake of moving. You wouldn't actually really get anything out of it. And I also think it's important to think think of things that are different as, like, not being flaws or, like, there being sort of, like, Mm, a scale of development where, like, for example, I'm thinking, like, a Vietnamese, like, open-air restaurant it's no less a restaurant or more a restaurant than like a sit down Western restaurant in, you know, like the US. There's no, it's not like that's a, you know, a less evolved form of eating. That's just. They might not have frozen cult- all their food beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I actually feel I've never gotten sick eating Vietnamese food, <laughs> like from street, street stalls. And I feel like the food is like faster and better for you, more, more 
more better no just better for you better. and um better. it's just fresher because you see them cook it right in front of you and like i think also people like get really freaked out about things like squat toilets i'm like those are fine like as long as they're cleaned it's the same as like a western toilet it's just a difference in how you you said of course a dirty toilet is a dirty toilet those are both gross it doesn't matter if it's a dirty squat toilet or a dirty normal toilet Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that there are a lot of things where people kind of assign value and, like, present this linear idea of progress that's that where their way is the end way. And, you know, and everything else is, like, working towards what they deem to be ideal. Whereas, like, no, things are fine just the way they are. They don't need to work towards you know, your vision of what it's good. It's probably perfectly fine for the people. And it's, that's what's beautiful about traveling is you get to see how things work for different people. Yeah. A perfect example of that would be like the old Medinas in like Casablanca or, or even like Istanbul, as Chris would know, um, like going through the Grand Bazaar or something like that. Like that's completely, you know, different. Um, uh, the vibe is different. It doesn't look like your mall here in the, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you would shop and there's air conditioning and everything's perfect. In right? aisle five, <laughs> you will find yeah. spices and more spices. <laughs> exactly. You, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, I think, I think that's a perfect note and a perfect way to actually end the show. Did you want to add anything to that, Chris? Cause I know you love bringing in enlight- enlightening, uh, Things. No, I no, I think I think that is a good place to 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 end on. I just uh, I think that last little the sentiments we all shared. I think it's uh, it's worth remembering. I mean, um, I kind of just always feel like I, I haven't done that many worthwhile things in my life that did make me a bit anxious. So you know, it's not you yeah. don't always need to run away from the things that make you anxious. Sometimes that's a sign that you should chase it. And uh, so that's I think. I accidentally did it, so there you go. Um, but really, I think that's just—I think that's just true. And travel has given me a tremendous amount of perspective that I'm very grateful for. Um, you know, and for sure, like for every one amazing, life-changing moment, I've had a ton that were like nondescript and like tiring, awful moments. But that's all part of it. Like you—you you just you don't get to have all the good and none of the bad. You got to take it. It's a it's a mixed pack. You got to, you got to take all of it. So, and it's, and it, you know what? I would do it all over again. I agree. And I actually call it um, beautiful anxiety because it's the anxiety I get when I land in a new country. It's excitement. It's a little bit scary because I got to navigate my, my way around. It's a whole new place. I got to find where all the things are that I want to see. And it's, it's anxious. But for me, it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful feeling of, you know, like waiting for um, presents under a tree at Christmas time or something yeah. like that. Like it's that a beautiful anxiety. It's a, it's like a healthy anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. how I feel about traveling. Know yeah. what you mean? Better, better than what you get from turbulence for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I think this is single-handedly the longest episode I have so far. Did you expect anything else from us? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm completely 100% pleased and com- not shocked at all and completely thoroughly satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's exactly what I expected. You know what, uh, guys, it's been so amazing to have you guys on the show. For me, it feels so surreal because 
uh, as you guys know, I've been listening to your your show your show since you launched the podcast. So I literally feel like you guys are in my ear all the time. <laughs> and now you guys are literally in my ear and I'm part of the conversation. And it feels amazing to just now sit amongst you guys and and, and be a part of how you guys you know, do the, your anxiety shows to a certain degree, right? So um, it's been a real pleasure to have you guys on the show. Uh, but just before we go, uh, let us know where people can find you guys. So we'll start with you, Allison, because we've been starting with you for <laughs> yeah. the whole show. I'd like to go first. Um, actually, I do like to go first because it makes me less anxious than like waiting and planning what I have to say. But um, you can find me on social at Eternal Arrival, where I occasionally post photos of my dog and not much else. And that's about it on eternalarrival.com, sophiaadventures.com. Uh, you can hear us on I'm Anxious About if, uh, wow, an hour and 30 minutes of us in your ears wasn't enough. You can get even more of that every Thursday. So Chris and I record uh, once a week. We release on Thursdays. You can find us at I'm Anxious About, which is probably the more relevant thing to plug than my two travel blogs, which who is going to travel right now anyway. So there you go. That's where you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just take the lead from that and just say, um, yeah, I think it. It's, if you did enjoy this, uh, I think you'd probably enjoy our podcast. And um, thanks, Chris, so much for having us on as well. It's I appreciate the kind words. Um, Allison and I also sometimes uh, we go on tangents, which we wonder, you know, is this even going to like hit the mark for anybody? Um, and the, the feedback so far has been great. Uh, we just had a guest on our podcast recently who she also has listened to, to all these, all of our episodes. And it's, um, it's extremely humbling to, to hear that people are listening along. We have a lot of fun with it, but at the heart of it, I think we're both really keen to, uh, to connect with people um and and we're both really open and so we can make sure that does happen so that's awesome i think um you can find us uh there on any of your you know, on spotify on your favorite podcast whatever um and if people want to find me traveling mitch uh 1l on uh on probably twitter is the best place to find me and um you can go find me on instagram you can find me wherever you want ultimate ontario if you're in Toronto, feel free to check Chris out in the Toronto, Chris out in the Toronto Bloggers Collective. Uh, if you want to learn more about blogging, thisweekinblogging.com, sign up for the newsletter, and I'll stop talking before you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. It's a lot of information. I'll put it all in the show notes. Uh, but thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having us. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Me too. All right, case closed. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to this show over at www.travelhorrorstoriespodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the show and its episodes get discovered by more people. Plus, your feedback will help me tweak and change the show to make it the best show on the internet. Yes. I'll catch you next week. Cheers.